Green Acres Garden Podcast is the podcast that will teach budding gardeners like you to grow your green thumb. For whether you're a newbie or a seasoned horticulturalist, you're sure to learn something new. Enjoy our conversations with community gardeners and gurus from Green Acres Nursery and Supply. We'll answer questions you didn't know you had. Well, all right, it's time to grow. It's time to go. It's time to garden on. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Green Acres Garden Podcast. I'm your happy host, Kevin Jordan, and I smell a little bit like compost. Happy to be here today. We have a great episode for you. Back in studio with my main man, Austin Austin Folius Blank. How's it going there, Austin Folius? Hey, Kevin. Uh, what What is a folius? Uh, foliage is leaves. Oh, foliage. So okay. sometimes you'll you'll hear a plant's name and it'll be yeah. like Acer, Acer folius, and that's like maple like. Oh. Uh, or whatever. And so uh, yeah, just a little. And I I'm I have leaves. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you're yeah okay. sure. I'm leafy. You're, you're my petunia pal. Yeah. Happy uh, week to everyone. Welcome back to the show. What's going on in your garden this week, it's Kevin? Been Anything? Sunny. It's been warm. We're getting after it. Been been pulling out, you know, the remnants of our cool season, our beets, um, starting to get all the carrots removed as well because we got to make space for more peppers, more tomatoes. Now, we've actually got some already in the ground. Uh, I know it's a little early, but I think things are just warm enough for us now. The soil's warmed up a bit. Uh, We've got our, our seedlings have been kind of uh, getting hardened off, as it were, getting ready for this temperature. So that's where you have them from the greenhouse. You expose them to some of those temperatures that they might be experiencing out in the garden. You get them prepared. And now some are already in the ground. They're thriving already. We haven't lost a single one yet. Fingers awesome. crossed. But no, I'm, I've been so juiced to be back in the garden. Like I said, this is the time we've been waiting for it. We've been planning. We've been prepping. Uh, and it's now. And so uh, we're off to a great start. I think we're going to have a wonderful spring. Uh, I'm very optimistic, so I cannot wait. Oh, that's so exciting. That's great to hear. It is just beautiful out and warm, and the plants, I I bet, are just loving that. Let's go ahead and get into the plant of the week. Kevin, we're talking blueberries today. Oh, you said it. Yeah, I need you to school me up on everything blueberry because I've never grown blueberries. I hear they're they're smaller than I thought they might be, and um, I know there's a lot of good things about blueberries. Let's start let's start with that. Well, the myth is they used to be difficult to grow. You know, they were fussy about okay. soil. You know, but couldn't be further fussy, from the truth. Huh? Or they fussy. are a little fussy to okay. a degree, but. Okay. What's, what's not far from the truth is they are easy to grow. Let's bust that myth. They okay. are not difficult to grow. They're not, you know, they're easy to enjoy and to get a wonderful harvest. Actually, they're great for the home garden because you can utilize them in so many different situations. Um, in place uh, of a hedge or, you know, a traditional bush, you can get them right in there because that's how they grow. They're a small bush-like plant. They can get up to, you know, four or five feet tall and wide if, if you let them. Some varieties you can keep a bit smaller as needed. But for me, they're just a powerhouse. I, I almost wanted to correct you and go, you know, Austin, these aren't plants. They're, they're not. They're all stars. They're all they're, stars. These are all stars. No, blueberries are all stars of the garden because okay. for what you put in, the effort you put in and what you get out is, is so dramatically different. Huh. You know, little bit of effort, like little that. inputs in, what comes out is one of the most nutrient-dense, delicious, sweet uh, fruits, little berries that you can ever hope to imagine to eat and enjoy. They're so good for you, for your health, all that. I mean, really, on on that alone, they're worth kind of growing because it's like growing uh, your own, having your own medicine cabinet outside. 
but they're so delicious. If you, I know me, I'll go, I'll go out and grab some from the garden, bring them inside, rinse them off, throw them in a pancake, uh, and just like that, <laughs> my son, little two-year-old, yeah. is super stoked. That's like one of his words, pancakes, pancakes. <laughs> he uh, says that? He has a book where there's like a kid, where he like turns into a fire truck, and he, he, has, he when he smells pancakes from the kitchen, he turns back into a boy. Uh, and and that he just smells the page when he sees the picture. So this kid loves pancakes, but they get better nice. with blueberries. Everything is better with blueberries. Uh, muffins, you can make jam. You can make so many things with them. I love just eating them, you know, just fresh. Me too. One of the things I really love about blueberries is not just that they're, that they're so easy to grow or that they're fresh to eat, but they're also pretty beautiful. So in hmm. the fall, they're actually gonna uh, you're gonna get to enjoy some nice fall color as the temperatures dip and the seasons begin to change. Uh, so they can really be, uh, uh, they're like a jack of all trades. They do so many things for you in your garden. And like I said, best of all, they're easy. They're easy, easy, easy. And if you have the, the worst soil ever and you're like, it's just not, I'm not going to mend it. I'm in concrete. I can't grow these. Uh, first of all, you can amend it and you can grow them there. I've done it. I've grown them in ground successfully many times. Actually, most of what I've grown has been in ground and they're doing great. However... If, if somebody wants to have some success with blueberries very quickly and early on and often, I, I urge you to consider growing in containers. Okay. So they're, they, even though they can be a somewhat of a sh, you know, shrub-like plant that, like I said, gets four or five feet tall and wide, you can grow them in containers, and you can keep them a bit smaller as needed. You can move them around, and they don't really require a massive pot to flourish. Uh, they have these, these little fibrous roots that can be a little bit delicate, but if you get them into some really nice potting soil that's acidic— uh, that's one thing. That's the first thing that we'll talk about when you really, when you first learn about blueberries, is that they love acid. They uh, are from acid, you know, acid-rich soils, and that's what they've evolved to grow in. What's really nice, though, Austin, is that there's all these different types of blueberries, many of which that I would never even attempt to grow here because they wouldn't like it. But the ones that are, uh, you know, bred for our, our area are do so. They're there. It's it's a treat for the gardener because they like our heat. They, they can handle our weather, and they reward us with some of the most delicious fruits you could ever hope to imagine. Excellent. Okay, perfect. I am convinced blueberries are going to be a hit this summer. Uh, let's get into the details. So you said that they—well, uh, you said a few things here, and I, I want to dive into all of this. So first off, you said we can grow in container. Now, that is huge because that means it's, I think, more accessible for everyone. You Absolutely. Know, like right now— Everyone can go get a container and get some blueberry and put it in there and find the best spot in their yard for it. So um, what size container, um, what kind, you know, if, if I want to start, you know, growing this now, what do I need and where should I put it in my yard? Probably the smallest I'd go is a container that's maybe about a foot and a half tall, foot and a half wide. So maybe 18 to 20 inches at the top and, you know, 18 to 20 inches tall, give okay. or take. You know, you can go a little bigger. You can go a little smaller. Um, it's up to you. You can go in the smart pots that breathe. You can go in a, in a traditional ceramic pot. You can go in even the, a beautiful uh, wooden uh, wine barrel, half Ooh. barrel. Those are great, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's great, like I said, these they for how big they get and for how much they produce – they really don't require a massive amount uh, of pot size or you know soil space. They can do they can thrive in a relatively smaller container given how large and how bountiful uh, these plants grow. So it's really cool. So if you're limited on space or how much strength you have to move that that pot around, um, they're they're a great option. Absolutely great option. Okay, and Kevin, how do these blueberries come in the store? Is this or what is your uh, preferred method of growing them? Is this something we do by seed or by uh, six packs, or how do they come? I, I just recently planted, so I have three at home. Uh, 
beautiful little misties. They are southern high bush. They have a low chilling requirement. Have we talked about the chilling requirement no, yet? No, we haven't. Uh oh. So chilling, I have a chilling requirement. It's how much time I need to get at home to just chill. But uh, no, it's it's our fruit trees. Um, some of our deciduous fruit trees are apples and pears and nectarines. They all have this as well. Mm-hmm. It's how many hours each dormant season a plant needs to spend below forty five degrees Fahrenheit. So it's how all those chilly hours. In some areas, you know, traditional blueberries, they were grown in these mountainous areas on the East Coast. It's very cool, very cold winters, and they have this high chilling requirement, you know, 800 to 1,000 hours. What's great is with, the, with these southern high bush varieties is you have these new, these new versions that have been bred and mixed. You got all these different blueberries coming together, and now their offspring have some of those traditional qualities of a delicious berry, cool. you know, a, a hearty little bush. But one that actually can survive in warmer climates that uh, oh, that, that are known for the South, right? Where it's really you know these warm summers and these Southern high bush varieties. They get tall, they get big, bountiful, delicious fruit, and they don't require all that cold weather. And so those are the ones that we're going to focus on. Those are the ones. So I would I would recommend if wherever you're at listening to this is just um, research what the blueberry is really going to do well for your specific climate. If you live somewhere where it's mountainous and chilly, you can probably experiment. With uh, different varieties, that uh, the northern high bushes, southern high bush. For us, where we're at, if you uh, we live somewhere, it's very hot. So for us to have have some great success early and often, most of the varieties that I'm going to select are typically going to be the southern high bush, just because they're bred for our type of climate. That all that heat. Okay, so there is this chill requirement, but you're saying it's not so bad because there's these special varieties that are good to grow in our climate. So let's let's go through the varieties. I don't know how many varieties there are of blueberries. I only think of dozens, know, and dozens and dozens, dozens. and dozens and dozens. This so, is so cool, this show. Every like thing I like to eat, I find out there's new versions of it. So I'm about to, I bet, find my new favorite type of blueberry. And uh, I just didn't even know it existed. But well, what's really cool? So yeah. Cool. Well, what's really cool about these blueberries? There, there are so many varieties, Austin. And some, like uh, at the school, I've choose, chosen to have most of the varieties are the Misty. And the reason why we chose them is because they're an early season producer. Okay. For us, they produce really early on, um, late May, early June, th- through June a bit. And that's when the students, right at the end of the school year, kind of comes to an end. And so we were hoping to kind of line that up with those last few weeks of uh, when students are actually there to enjoy that. That's perfect. But what's great is there's all these other varieties that are also southern high bush that can tolerate the heat and the sun. But they'll produce, you know, later into June, July, August. So you have all, you know, there's there's early season, mid-season, late-season producers. And so what's nice is if you have enough space... Uh, and, and enough desire, you can actually select out and get yourself several different varieties of blueberry. They're mm. all going to taste a little bit different and grow a little bit different and look a little different. But what's great is they're also going to be harvested a little different. So at different times of your summer, you can go out there. So you can really have blueberries throughout the warm season if you pick enough varieties to kind of cover that span. So if you're going to be uh, dabbling your toe into the, you know, the, the blueberry world, consider the varieties that you're going to grow, not just for their hardiness and uh, their ability to survive in your area, but also when you can actually harvest and enjoy that fruit. So cool. I didn't think you were going to share that because that's something we talk about with our fruit trees. Our citrus is having that extended harvest time, but doing that with blueberries too, because you can plant multiple types together. Uh, or are you saying kind of in the same area, you might have a on few on your property, absolutely. Yeah. And so they are self pollinating, but okay. when you do plant more than one variety or just more, more than one bush, that, that it increases your pollination rates. You get even more, you know, bigger harvest. So it's good to have multiple. Mm. 
uh, out there if you can. It just helps out. So what are the what are the other types that you'd recommend that we grow here? You said misty. Now, are there different kinds of misty? Uh, no, misty is just one varietal, right? So that's very you know large fruits, very sweet flavor, um, and they have a very low chilling requirement, like three hundred hours. So it, it, it's right within our range here, easy to get to um, for our weather. Even on the, a nice warm winter, we'll still get to that. Uh, but other ones that I'm growing as well are the sharp blue. Uh, is a really good one. 400 chilling hour requirement. Very large fruit. Excellent flavor. Uh, I, there's other varieties too, like the, the sunshine blue. We, uh, we've dabbled in the jubilees, bountiful blue. I mean, the names kind of say it all. They all, like I said, they all look a little different, taste a little different. Uh, but what's nice is you can also, like I said, you can spread out that harvest a little bit. So depending upon what you want to do in your own garden, you can really get creative with that. But I love the blueberries. There's either ones where you can experiment with like a, there's like a pink lemonade. Uh, that is a northern high bush variety, but um, with a, a little care, you can get them to grow. Now, one thing to consider, though, Austin, is that these all these blueberries I've mentioned, they can handle our full sun if needed. And I actually have some in the full sun, and they're doing just fine. But if you're gonna, if you're one who forgets to water, or your plants seem to be stressed sometimes, or you just have trouble, consider planting your blueberries in an area where they get really good sun in the morning and early afternoon, and then maybe some dappled light, you know, shade or a little bit of dappled light uh, in the hottest hours. Uh, just because when you're up over 100 degrees, anything can happen, and it's just nice to have a little bit of shelter, especially uh, for our friends out in Texas who are gardening and growing. I know they can have some extreme weather in the summers as well, so a little bit of afternoon shade can really do wonders for the health of your blueberry, uh, but they should be able to handle that full sun if required. But you know what? I don't know. A little bit of shade in the <laughs> hottest part of the day. I think we all can appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, there, of course, there's a limit with what the plants can take, right? We, it gets so hot here, and I'm sure in our friends in Texas, too. <laughs> oh, you know I, it. It's cool to think about their their climate, too. So they can grow blueberries in Texas. Absolutely. It doesn't even seem possible. You know what? I, it's, I think it's these new hybrids that are really allowing people who in, no, otherwise would have a much more difficult time having a success, uh, having some success with gardening and growing out there. Uh now the new hybrids are just really beneficial to all of us warm season, all of us warm climate folks. Uh, they're durable, they're delicious, uh, and it's just absolutely worth every every bit of your effort. Nice. All right. So, um, what are you got? Some more names of some varieties that we should try that are available now. Well, one to consider that I, I really like um, is the Jubilee. Jubilee. Okay. So this one was developed down in Mississippi. Uh, it's very fast-growing, and what's cool is this one's an upright blueberry. What I like about it is that they're known for producing even in heavy soils. So you live somewhere where your soils aren't really fast-draining, and they're, they're kind of heavy and clay-like, but you're still amending a bit. Um, that's one that's going to have you know some durability and, and a little bit of resilience to some of the more poor soils that it's going to be introduced to. With that said, whether you're in a container, you're in the ground, amend your soil if you can. Uh, it's really going to help them out quite a bit, like I mentioned, with their root system. They, they, these... These types of plants, like I said, they, not only do they like acid, but they really like uh, a lot of decomposing organic matter in their soils. So they want it to drain, they want it to breathe, but they also want to stay evenly moist. And I know it sounds like a like you're threading the needle there, but really they just need access to moisture when it's hot, and they want a lot of organic matter that's just br constantly breaking down and decaying uh, around their roots. Of course, you're going to have a whole, whole network of uh, fungus in there, all your fungal network, your mycelium. Um, is going to be all over these roots, and hopefully you can help introduce some of that as well with some of the organic fertilizers you choose. But give them some proper soil, plenty of acid. Uh, whenever I plant these, I'll use compost. I'll break it all up, but I also I'll get a bag or two of some azale azalea camellia mix. 
Now, we talked about growing camellias a couple weeks back. We love camellias, so beautiful. Azaleas, rhododendrons, likewise, are so gorgeous. So those conditions, those acidic soil, um, organically rich, well-drained, those, those, the same conditions that a camellia, a rhododendron, azalea like, blueberries like that as well. And so if you had an area, if you had some success growing those, you can absolutely have some success with blueberries. Okay, so if I go to the store, I've seen that that bag of mix before, Yep. the azalea mix, and should I combine that with another soil that I have, or should I only use that? Like, what? what's kind of, how do we You can get really creative. I've even seen on uh, Dave Wilson's website, where they'll, they'll actually make their own soil mix um, for the containers, where they'll take some peat moss, even some micro bark, and they'll mix that into like an azalea camellia mix uh, potting blend, and they blend that all up into a container. So it has uh-huh. all this organic matter. It's full of acid. It, it's got you know it's got some organic matter that's a little bit chunkier that can break down a little bit. Uh, and so there, you can really just buy an off the shelf potting mix and go for it. And and you can add in some cottonseed meal and and uh, other organic material to help lower that pH. So um, you can experiment a bit. But whatever you do, make sure they've got rich soil, well drained, and it's full of acid. Okay. Really, you know, most plants full of acid. full of acid. Uh, no, but just <laughs> it sounds acidic, like a bad thing, right? Yeah. Don't don't get too crazy now. <laughs> okay. But uh, what's nice is most plants that we talk about here like soil slightly acidic. So, on a scale from you know zero to fourteen, seven is neutral. Most of the plants we talk about, lettuce, tomatoes, although they like it just below neutral, but okay. with with other plants, they like it even further below below seven below neutral and this is one of them and so they just want a little bit more acid in their soil and decaying organic matter actually helps release a lot of that acid as it breaks down as well so it can be helpful um other folks you can utilize cottonseed meal is a great way it's full of nitrogen um, so it'll feed your plant as well and all that leafiness but it also break down into your soil and help lower the ph uh, as well over time so that can be a great organic method to help lower that ph naturally as well over time Cool. Okay. All right. I'm feeling better about the uh, acidic needs of the blueberries. That's not That's not too bad. I do want to circle back to the chill requirement. You mentioned that I think all of the blueberries have chill requirements. Is that right? Yeah. Some, some as high as 1,000. Others as maybe as low as 300. So would we want to go for ones that have less of a chill requirement? And then what does that mean to me as the gardener? If I, if I pick this out, do I have to do something to chill it? Or, or what is that all about? That's all Mother Nature. Is that's, okay. that's her job. Uh, thank Thankfully, uh, is just just weather, just just that nice long winter with with some hours below forty five degrees Fahrenheit. Now, if our listeners live up in the mountains or they live in a, in a climate that is a bit chillier, that might open up your options uh, to for other varieties. Like we mentioned, a handful here, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of you know propagated and cultivated varieties that that are, you can people can get their hands on. And so it really depends on your own climate, your climate zone. Like you mentioned here, it's really hot. Um, mm-hmm. So our li- we're limited to some of those southern highbush varieties and a few northern highbush, um, with some exceptions, because we want ones that have a relatively low chilling requirement. Got it. Okay. So I don't have to go out there and... Uh... Put ice on the roots <laughs> or something? <laughs> no. Nah. No, I didn't think that, but, you know, I, I never know. Um, Thankfully not. Okay, that's great. So it's easy to grow, it sounds like. you know, They truly are. Put it in a container, get the right soil in there, and let it become a producing bush, as yeah, you put it. Yeah, find right? a nice sunny spot, maybe one that gets a little bit of afternoon shade. But like I said, I have some that are in blasting full sun, and, and they're this. fine. I love I just can't forget to water them. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. And, uh, uh, hey, here's a, here's your garden hack of the week. What's that? For harvesting blueberries. Go out and get, go to the dollar store somewhere and get one of those cheapo plastic combs 
where the teeth of the combs, those tines, are kind of further apart, like a quarter inch okay. or so. Okay. I don't know who uses these you're or what they're for. You're going to give the blueberry bush a haircut? You're going to just comb it. So you'll notice uh, as the as the berries blossom, then they'll start to ripen and fat. Like, like me on a, a long weekend. They just, <laughs> they just fatten up real quick. Yeah, um, yeah it was me this last four-day weekend. Uh They'll get all plump and they'll get juicy and you'll know they're ripe when they are. I mean, some some diff- are will ripen at different colors, but typically, Austin, they'll be just really dark, mm-hmm. just dark, dark, dark in color. And that's how I know when they're ready. And it's kind of fun to watch them change because when they're little, they're kind of pale and white and kind of greenish blue. Oh, I didn't know and that. And then they start to kind of darken up and get get a little you know color in their cheeks. Yeah. And then you'll just see it. You just taste a few, and you can kind of tell when they're nice and sweet. They're ready to rock. But you can just use these combs, and you can just, especially on your branches, if you have a lot, and this will be a great problem to have. Hopefully, for some of our listeners, as some of their blueberries in the future are just thriving. And then you can just just get a nice bowl. You go out there and you just comb them right into the bowl, straight to the bowl. Yeah, these little fingers. That's cool. And uh, it's otherwise you're out there and you're just pulling them off by hand, and that's fun too. It's actually a great little pastime. And you might shock yourself at how many blueberries you can pick by hand uh, when you're motivated. Uh, especially when, like I said, you got the pancake batter, you know, waiting on you, um, waffles and whatnot. But uh, they're just so good. I'm telling you, when they're fresh, they just can't be beaten. Have you bought any? Have you bought any? uh, Oh, I buy blueberries. Blueberries. Basically, I buy a little plastic thing of them every time I go to the grocery store. I like to have a handful of them, you know, every day if I can. I don't make it every day, but it's the best. But they're kind of expensive. They can be, right? And so and they go bad. And they had to travel. Quick. Yeah, they go bad. They, they can go bad really quick. They had to travel far to get to you. So by the time they got to you, they've already been off, you know, the bush for several days probably. So uh, save yourself the money. Just invest that money into a bush. Take care of that bush. And over time, it will reward you um, in heaps. And it's just so much better. Like I was going to get some Austin at the store, yeah. but I got denied. I was going to get a lot to get a loan. <laughs> to, to get, get, to get blueberries. the blueberries, I get, get denied that town. bank loan. I was, I They're wanted to get two. Expensive. Well, I wanted two cartons. That's okay. why it was so much. <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. But uh, I'm telling you, uh, you know, be be your own middleman. No, I know? love it. I mean, we were talking about this last week. Garden to fork, right now. This Gar- is yes. This week it's uh, bush to fork. B- bush to fork. Bush to plate. Bush to <laughs> bush pancake. To bowl. <laughs> yeah, bush to bowl. There we With go. With the comb, I love the comb idea. It That's helps. Cool. Um, it definitely helps. Uh, or just get some help out there. And it's a fun. You got. I'll go out there in the morning. I'll check them. Um, you know, I'm trying to battle. The, you know, the, every day I want to get there and just make sure I get to them before uh, mm-hmm. before my wife does. I don't want her <laughs> eating them. I'm just kidding, of course. But uh, no, it's just so much fun to get out there, fill that bowl up, bring them inside, and then when you have enough, it's really cool to get to share with people. Yeah. Oh, like, blueberries. Here, here's some blueberries. I so grew, good, and they're just people's eyes burst out of their head when they take a you know a bite. It just explodes. And I don't know what the nutrients are that's in them that's good. I just I think it's antioxidants, and I don't phytochemicals not... and polyphenols oh, and all okay. these different nutrients and just that sounds important. Yeah, there's just so many things that are in there that are good for you. Uh, I'm telling you, and they're seasonal, so it's nice as once things warm up, and then we're gonna have some. And if you had a garden that had several varieties, you might be eating from June, July, August, and maybe even into September or later. Mm. Um, it's so cool. So you can really explore with that. And uh, extend your harvest with some creativity. But I'm telling you, it's one of those things where you plant it, and it's a perennial, right? So a lot of our vegetables we're putting a lot of effort into. They're annuals. You plant them. They, they, they have their time in the sun, and then they're done. But with your blueberries, it's like a seasonal and a yearly investment where I'm, I put some in years ago, and now they're big. Now, like I said, I have, I have one that's four feet tall, three feet wide. And when I put it in, it was a, you know a foot tall. And like, huh. you know, four branches, you know, it's so, so narrow. And now each year it just gets bigger and bigger. 
uh, and it's and then, producing more and more. And you don't have to change what you're doing. Do you have to water it more or less, or like how well, does it develop? Actually, over I've time? noticed that now that it's getting a little bit older, it's um, it's getting less finicky. You know, it's it's Ooh. more established. It's a little more resilient to the days where I forget to give you know give it huh. a solid watering or to irrigate it properly. But now I, I fertilize them. I keep the weeds off of them. You know, we've got some mulch in there and whatnot, and. They're, like I said, each season, each year, they just get more robust, and they're producing more. So it's like imagine growing a tomato plant, but then but then you grow it one year and it does great, but then the next year it's bigger and now it grows even more. Like, like that's that, where we're at with uh, that blueberries. Would be wildly cool. <laughs> so they are like I said, they should be a staple because they, you can kind of hide them in your ornament. I have I have mine hidden in an ornamental garden. You hide at, them at my home. They're used as an ornamental. You just huh. think it's oh that's a lovely little shrub. Um, it gets nice fall color and there's some blossoms there. But no, that's I'm, I'm, that's for eating, folks. Oh, yeah. I, you know, it's just hidden in there and taking up space oh, in cool. a proper way. So I, I love it. It's flanked. Mine are flanked by you know a wine barrel full of impatience. On the other side, there, there's you know a maple tree. You know, an, uh, an acer. Um, my Japanese maples are in there too as well. So it's just you can really have some fun. Get creative with them. Bring them into your gardens and then bring them into your kitchen. Yes. Via the via the bowl. Yes, via the bowl and comb technique. I love that, Kevin. Well, thank you so much for giving me the rundown on blueberries, another garden staple that I didn't know about. So I'm so happy to have learned about this. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get me some blueberries now. I wanna start growing these. This is, sounds so cool. And I love blueberries and I wanna do bowl to fork. So bowl. <laughs> that is, yeah. that's my mission. Push to bowl. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, but, just start with one or two, and I'm telling you, okay. you'll you'll get hooked because they're easy they're right. so easy um i agree and to fertilize them same thing you get a nice little organic you know acid fertilizer form you can give them throughout the season you can microdose them as you need and it's just they're really easy to care for Sweet. All right. Well, um, thank you for that, Kevin. And uh, hopefully our listeners will um, get inspired to grow some blueberries. But that's it for this week. Kevin, go ahead and take us out. Well, another great week. I had so much fun. Blueberries, I'm telling you folks, please uh, give it a shot. Research them if you can. And if you have any space, they're definitely worth a second look because I love eating my blueberries. And it's one of the for me, it's one of the easiest things to grow and to harvest. And what I get out of it is so much. So really, I encourage you to you know consider it. I hope you're all having just a blast out in your gardens right now. Truly, one thing I want to urge you, don't just work by yourself. This is a great time of the year to get out with your friends, family, uh, your neighbors. Um, if you need help in your own garden, you know, don't be afraid to ask if you need it. And if, you, if you're the one who has the skills and the time, maybe, maybe uh, contribute to somebody, somebody you care about, someone you love. Like I said, it could be a friend, family, a family member, a neighbor. But this is just a great time to get together, garden, grow, get everything going you can because the weather is so just proper right now. I'm loving it. So please, cheers to all of you. I hope you're doing great. Cannot wait to be back. We have another wonderful episode coming for you next week. Really happy to share it with you. But until then, me and Austin, we got, we got work to do. You know, he's got he's to get on some more editing and some teaching. I got to get back in that garden and go chop up some compost, get some more plants in the ground. Let's do it, man. Let's yeah, go. let's do it, man. Full steam ahead, folks. Here we go. Until next week, garden friends, happy gardening to you all. Please be growing for fun, be growing for love, and be growing for life. Until next week, garden friends, happy gardening to you all. Please never stop growing, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Kevin Jordan or his guests. These gardening tips and suggestions may work for you, as well as those from alternative sources. When using any garden products or tools, read and follow all label directions.